0: I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hey there. Hi, howdy. <laughs> howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Tuesday if you're listening on time to this episode. Yeah. Uh, Tuesdays are our busy days. We've got a yeah. lot going on on Tuesdays. But yes. good thing um, we're not
1: recording this on no, Tuesday. No, we're
0: not. <laughs> we're not. Uh, but we are delighted to be in your speakers or in your ears again mm-hmm. on this fine day. Whenever you find us, however you find us. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, we're delighted to be there.
0: We <laughs> are. Uh, today we're doing another topical episode, um, a study about a specific character in the Bible, which I'm so excited to hear from Katie J about. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been studying the book of Acts, and I just am... It's been so fruitful to talk about it. So she had mentioned, though, that she thought it would be a good idea to enter this episode by kind of talking about some of the things that we've been like doing or experiencing lately in our church. Mm -hmm. And I agree with her. I think it's a great thing to discuss just to encourage you guys and maybe also to... It ties into this scripture as well. But Katie, do you want to kind of maybe just touch on what's sort of been happening, maybe for you specifically, but just also what has been... This is also... (laughs) There might be updates to this, yeah, <laughs> but um, this is just a couple weeks after the initial fact of this matter, yeah. So
1: it's just been like a really sweet time in our church lots of um, worship, lots and lots and lots of worship. Um, like our services have been going a little bit longer, and just like worship, the worship portion has been going longer, mm-hmm. um, because people really genuinely just like want to spend more time in the presence of the Lord and um and are like doing business with God mm-hmm. <laughs> during these times and I just think it's sweet to note if for no other reason than just for like <laughs> audio diary here mm-hmm. of like this uh of this cool move of the spirit but I feel like for me at least what I've been, kind of encountering in this time is just being like sweetly broken before the Lord. And that's like the term that keeps popping into my mind is just like sweetly broken, Mm -hmm. like broken for my own iniquities. But it's so sweet because our Lord is so much bigger Mm -hmm. than our iniquities. Yeah, Broken for the world that we live in, but full of hope because of the God we serve and all of these things. And so during these times of worship, it's been so sweet. I've done a lot of like sitting, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is not something I usually do during worship, but I've been doing a lot of sitting and just like genuine prayer to God, thanking Him for uh, just His goodness Mm -hmm. and His faithfulness in our lives and, you know, repenting of areas of my life that I've left untouched by Him. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's been so fruitful in. my personal life. And it's just been so cool to see kind of his spirit hit our church like a wave in this fresh way. I don't want to call it new. There's nothing new under the sun. The Holy Spirit moves like this all the time, but it has been refreshing Mm -hmm. and just really intentional. I think our church has been really intentional to like create room for mm-hmm. um the spirit to just move in this way yeah they've been willing to extend worship times and move around schedules or schedule an impromptu worship service like things mm-hmm. like that because there is such a hunger for the Lord right now yeah um so that's kind of been my experience but also like what we're seeing uh but Katie what what about you your take yeah and so much <laughs> of
0: so much of what you're saying is just the consistent through line of it all yeah it's been very like calm that's Mm -hmm. the other thing about it too it's not hyper emotional really it's not a lot of like tears and dancing or any of the you know stuff you think of um it's just been this like sort of heavy presence of God just for me and a lot of people that I've talked to it's just been sort of being reminded of his holiness and of his goodness and his love and like you were saying, being ins- inspired to, um, repent, mm-hmm. like not out of shame or anything like that, yeah. but just an awareness of, of my true state of, yeah. of my heart. And, um, very like clear, my husband and I both like very clear direction from the Lord in like, all right, here's steps I need to take. Here's yeah. things that need to, move around in my life or things like that specifically for the purpose of like seeking, seeking the Lord first. And yeah, a lot of the people that I've talked to, that's been a similar undercurrent of all of it is just um, repentance, God's holiness, his love, you know, just, I mean, like at an event that we had just for the young adults ministry, like Worship went really long mm-hmm. and every time it, like songs would kind of stop or it seemed like it was wrapping up, the congregation would just kind of start singing yeah. and really cool, like really, yeah. really sweet stuff. Not typical for our like no. group, but just a lot of like sitting and mm-hmm. singing your own song to the Lord and stuff like that. Anyway, we don't need to keep going about this, but I, I think this might be happening in more churches than just yeah. ours. And <laughs> we know um, it's happening in more churches. We know it's happening ours. in more churches than just ours. And it's, it's just sweet to see kind of tangibly whenever the Lord is like calling his people yeah. to something and, um, just, just touching them in a way that is, um, intimate and lovely and, yeah. um, you know, something that's not just empty or for the experience, but something that like spurs us to be more like him and to behave as the church that he has called us to be. Um, yeah. it's all just very, very encouraging. So yeah,
1: absolutely,
0: that's that on that.
1: That is that. Um I I'm always just so encouraged when I hear of churches experiencing like yeah what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Um and so it, I just feel like it's always worth talking about the good things that the Lord is doing. But we do want to jump in to the meat of the episode. Um and we are going to be talking about one man in particular, but also one passage of scripture in particular. We're going to be camped out in Acts 6 and 7. Um and we're talking about Stephen. So Steven, um, most of you guys probably know him as the first martyr, and he is that, <laughs> but we're going to jump in a little bit more into his story and talk about um, who is he, why is he even around, um, and then also just some, some deeper understanding we can gain from his story. So to jump into his background, how many times am I going to say jump in? To uh <laughs> to begin discussing We each background. have our own things that we say, and that's for sure what that you say. <laughs> Jump in. I love it. So we're coming into these passages of scripture and we're looking at the early church. So this is like right after like Pentecost. It's it's the beginning of what we know as the church today. Mm-hmm. And kind of Refer back to our Community Blueprint episode, maybe if you haven't heard that one before coming to this one, because I feel like it sets up some really great context for kind of uh, what we're looking at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is those early believers. It's the beginning of the church. Everybody's very passionate about the Lord. We just gained like 3,000 converts, like all of this stuff. It's It's a really cool time for the church. And, um, But we are encountering now conflict, Mm -hmm. which this should serve as a little bit of an encouragement that conflict is par for the course whenever you have people. But the Greek-speaking believers were complaining about the Hebrew-speaking believers, specifically about how they felt like their widows were being discriminated against in the distribution of food. Mm -hmm. So a big deal, but... Um, they're kind of bringing this up to the apostles <laughs> and the apostles said, uh, we should be spending our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. <laughs> and I love that. Um, it's, let's see, that was chapter six, verse two. Mm-hmm. If you think I'm making that up, because I feel like you hear that and you're like, really? They said that? <laughs> and It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they did. did. <laughs>
0: um, but immediately. Well, there is so much work to be done. So much work to the be done. The point here is like, we don't need to be the heroes of this right. situation. Like well, and we need to delegate.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm wanting to touch on right here in this oh, moment yeah. is like the need for delegation. <laughs> yeah. Like not everything needs to be taken care of by one person all of the time. Yeah. And here they are. And yes, like the Lord has put them in this position of leadership and they're saying, you know what, there's so much we don't need to be running a food program. Let's, you know, empower some other people to do this. Right. And so they appoint seven men who are going to kind of run this food program. And they there's some requirements for them that they be well-respected and full of wisdom and spirit to then fulfill this task. Uh, Stephen was one of these appointed men, and he's described as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So this passage lists out all seven men, and there, he's the only one that has kind of a description next to his name, mm-hmm. um, and it's noting his, um, his closeness to the yeah, Lord. His faith. His faith and his wisdom and his fullness of the Holy Spirit. Um, I would
0: love to be described that way. I know. Like I really would. Wouldn't that be excellent? Yeah.
1: So he along with the other six were then prayed over by the apostles and sent to work. And so already here, we're like, there's kind of a lot that we could talk about. And so I just want to kind of side note here. This should give us a picture of the level of care and wisdom we need to have when appointing anyone to any position of leadership. These men were in charge of food distribution. This was the food pantry. (laughs) This was literally the food pantry. Yeah. And they were required to be full of wisdom in the Holy Spirit. They were then intentionally prayed over by the apostles before being set to task. How often, (laughs) how often do we see this level of care taken when we bring on a new volunteer or when we appoint somebody to leadership? Less often than we ought, I would say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's no job too small to require a full relationship of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I just think that often um, we forsake things like this, where, like I said, literal food pantry, and not saying that's unimportant, but Mm -hmm. you could skate by at the food pantry without being full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And yet it's required of them. Mm -hmm. Because every opportunity every position of leadership, every volunteer slot (laughs) is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move. And it is imperative that whoever fills that position be open and willing and working in one accord with the Holy Spirit. So that's that.
0: (laughs) That's that on that. (laughs) That's that on that. Title of this episode? (laughs) Yes. And then
1: I want to move into uh, this next portion, which is chapter six, verse Verses 8 through 14, and I'm just going to read that scripture really fast. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Hmm. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Cyrene, Alexandria,
0: Cilicia. Cilicia,
1: and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. There's so much here. But immediately off the bat, I thought of Ephesians 6.12 that says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Holy Spirit was working in and through Stephen. And that is what this group <laughs> uh, from the synagogue was coming up against. They had a care less about Stephen yeah it was the spirit within him clashing with the spirit within them and right. that is why in in that passage it says none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke mm-hmm. it, it's about the wisdom and it's about the spirit not about Stephen and so that's when they make this grand conspiracy to come before the Sanhedrin and be like He's blaspheming Moses, like whatever, all this stuff. (laughs) While this account may seem like an attack against one man whose teachings they disagreed with, it was actually a war in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And like I was saying, that's why in verse 10 it's talking about the wisdom and the spirit, not Stephen necessarily. So basically they say, hey, give a defense. Because Mm -hmm. they're saying that you're blaspheming, you know, Moses and talking about this Jesus guy from Nazareth that we literally just killed. So, like, why are you even talking about him? (laughs) (laughs) And Stephen gives a defense. And, oh, my gosh, if I could persuade you to read any passage of scripture right now, I'm kind of like on a A Stephen kick kick right now, (laughs) but um, please read this passage because I can't read the whole thing on here. It is so long, but he goes through and gives this detailed account of the history of the nation of Israel, as well as the many times the fathers of the Jewish faith, like Abraham, Moses, Joseph, had been condemned. And persecuted by men just like the ones standing before Stephen now. Dang. So he, you know, is going through all these times of those men who had been persecuted and rejected by uh, their own people and all of this stuff. And... Stephen kind of is like, hey, that's you, by the way. (laughs) Like, do you not see? And this is really extra significant because the leaders on the council held men like Moses in the highest regard, Mm -hmm. defending the Old Testament law to the point of executing its fulfillment. And what I mean by that is like they held Old Testament law so dear that they literally killed Jesus (laughs) who fulfilled that Old Testament law. And, you know, they're clinging to these old things, unwilling to be moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So he ends with this killer reprimand that, oh man, I hope and pray I'm never on the receiving end of anything like this ever. Yeah. Um, But he, let's see, this is New Living Translation. He says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. (laughs) They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. (laughs) You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. Wow. He's basically saying, like, how could God have made it more plain for you? Mm -hmm. And you cannot grasp it. And then um, ESV, I just want to read the first part because I really like how he describes them. Um, he says, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Hmm. They have not allowed the truth of Jesus, right? the truth of the Holy Spirit, to penetrate their hearts.
0: Yeah, well, and it's false righteousness. It's the idea that they're they're Jewish men. They're yeah. physically circumcised, right? But yes. the like point of circumcision, the holiness and the actual righteousness that comes from um, accepting <laughs> the the forgiveness that God has offered through the Messiah, they're not actually in any position of real righteousness before the Lord. Like right. it's, it's tragic, really. Right.
1: It's taking on um, the physical representation with none of the commitment
0: of the heart change, right? you know? Right. Um, and just like he's saying, there's prophets that were, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. These prophets that were, you know, persecuted and killed and yeah. turned away and all these things, like what the message they were bringing was like, God has come to take your heart of stone mm-hmm. and to give you a heart of flesh. Like he is coming with a chosen one that he will send to fulfill the law. Like he's coming to give you true righteousness of heart and they've rejected it at every turn. Yeah. And so stephen's hard on them, man. Dude.
1: <laughs> that the one, uh, which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute is like
0: it's like savage. Can you name
1: one? Actually? Yeah. Can you name one? I feel like we need to like make a meme or something. You know, the one guy where it's like, oh
0: yeah he's like falling
1: back into the crowd. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's that's Steven right now. I bought that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I think it can be really easy to look at this situation and look at the council in disbelief. Like we're listening to what the Sanhedrin is saying, and it's like, are you are you being for real right now? Um, how could they not see what was right in front of them? They had just murdered the fulfillment of the law they held so dear. And now they were acting in hatred towards someone proclaiming the name of the Lord. How could they be walking in the same footsteps as their ancestors? Mm-hmm. However, how often do we miss answers to our own prayers or fulfillments of our own hopes in this same way? And I, I can think of lots of examples. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the Lord starts moving and a thousand skeptics come out of the woodwork. Right to say, well this is, you know, how could this be because blah 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 and they want to explain it into oblivion as if they have not been praying for a new outpouring of the Lord. Yeah. And things like that. We miss answers to our own prayers because we are unyielded to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Plain and simple, you know. <laughs> and that's devastating. We right. we partake in this this thing all the time. The Sanhedrin, you know, about to literally stone Stephen because we we just don't see what's in front of us as gifts and signs from the Lord.
0: Well, and we, we get really caught up in our own understanding, our own interpretations, our own expectations, like even well-meaning Christians do, like all the time. People who genuinely like love the Lord, we are really good at formulating our own thoughts and opinions yeah. and logic and all of those things. And there's there's always a place for discernment and prudence and all of those things in every like part of our faith. Um, shrewd as serpents, innocent as devs, right? Like we we must be cautious. But when we start to forsake humility, first of all, and when we also start to trust our interpretations, our emotional reactions, our expectations of God rather than seeking him and studying him as he has revealed himself in his word. Like really studying who our God is, really um, watching how he has moved, really asking for his heart and his perspective to change ours. Like we're always going to stumble Mm -hmm. and we're just as guilty for stumbling by creating like hype and expectation and like God wants to do this right like as we are by saying like God couldn't do that like yeah both are wrong like we're both it's both
1: creating realities for the Lord
0: exactly yeah and you know there's a lot of things that are true about God and one is that he is unchanging and faithful and constant. And, um, we can look at who he is and the things that he has done and mm-hmm. trust that that is the same God, um, makes sure me God of that song, same God, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the God of the God of Jacob, the God of Mary, the God of like the Bible is the God that we know and love today. Yeah. And that is still moving in the world. And also that he is mysterious and there are mysteries of God that we... <laughs> in our human understanding, we fail to recognize and we fail to, I mean, the history of God's people, we just look at Israel. We look at like the way that he moved throughout the Bible, right? Like people were constantly missing him. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be aware of our own proclivity to miss him, to have yeah. expectations that he blows away and to, um, you know, I mean, if, if the Jews themselves could turn away the Messiah, like yeah. how much more could we... <laughs> misunderstand and turn away and um, shut down something that is a genuine, like move of the Lord. You know, it's just both extremes can be so proud and so misled and so ignorant when they are not rooted in the scripture, when they're not rooted in also the spirit working in us and enlightening us. Right. So I don't mean like enlightenment, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) um, you know, working in us and it's just, it's such a fine balance and something that requires so much humility. Um, I just usually my like gut reactions, I'm like, okay, Lord, like, yeah, am I am I off in this? And a lot of times I have been, right? Mm-hmm. Like in things where I'm like, I'll I'll see my pride in the way that I'm responding to a situation or judging or assessing the way that a church does things or a way that someone's responding Mm -hmm. to something or whatever. And it's like, if we're not open to being wrong, if we're not open to um, seeking the Lord and asking for his perspective, like we're going to get things wrong a lot of the time. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. So we
1: resume the story here. Uh, at the end of the wild nouts style roast session, he just had with the San Diego. I just keep picturing that uh, video. It's really yes, stuck in my brain. Yeah, and the Bible says that the council was cut to the quick in this moment, which basically just means that they were hurt and offended. Yeah, <laughs> they they heard this and they were like,
0: "It was oh, true, and mean? it cut deep." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they they're offended um oh my gosh well it's like I I was just reading this thing actually this account I really like why can I not think of his name right now oh sword and pencil oh I love love him so much but he just did a whole piece of art about like the wounds of a friend Mm -hmm. are more trusted than the you know flattery of an enemy right and the idea that like truth often like stabs us in the front right like truth often hurts but it's trustworthy yeah and I mean, Stephen wasn't like just roasting these people for no reason, right? right? Like he was defending the truth of the gospel and he was calling them out on their sin. Like so often we don't have a chance to be repentant or to be brought to repentance unless someone confronts us with the reality of our situation. And so, yeah, it hurts, but it's how you respond to it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And again
1: this is a war in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is exactly yes. what I was talking about earlier with the Ephesians verse. Like this is not against flesh and blood. So they're not angry because they just got roasted by some guy. They're angry because um, their, <laughs> their spiritual fallenness was just called out by the Holy Spirit. And they're unwilling to mm-hmm. um, to relent to that. And so they're cut to the quick. Their spirits had once again been met by the Holy Spirit. And instead of yielding to conviction, they sought to rid the vessel. Um, it's like doctors who are treating the symptoms instead of the root issue. They're they're seeking to rid the vessel that brought the Holy Spirit to them instead of seeking to, like, repent <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and
1: get rid of that conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, they're... <laughs> To get rid of the conviction, they're getting rid of the vessel that brought it to them instead of um, right. doing the work to naturally rid yourself of conviction. Yeah,
0: shooting the messenger.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um quite literally shooting the messenger. Yeah. But verses 54 through 60, and we're in we're in chapter seven now. I don't know if I said that, but Chapter 7, verses 54 through 60 say the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen,
0: full of the Holy Spirit. That is like what the fourth or fifth time that this these passages have said that he's full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah,
1: it's. Every single time they say his name, basically in this passage, they say, the one full of the spirit yeah. <laughs> or full of grace. And,
0: and it's new attributes every single time. Yeah. Grace and power, yeah. the spirit, the wisdom of God, like all these things. Yes. It's, it's amazing. It, I would have loved to have met him. He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: seems like a great guy. <laughs> so I'm going to jump back in right here. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, "Lord Jesus, receive my spirit." He fell to his knees, shouting, "Lord, don't charge them with this sin!" And with that, he died.
0: I'm also, I mean, there's so much. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much. Yes. Um, when it's talking about him gazing into heaven, mm-hmm. there's not many, if any. I you, we can check me on this. This might be the only time in the Bible that someone sees the glory of God. Yeah. Like actually lays eyes upon the glory of yeah. God. That's a significant wording here. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, yeah. I mean, there's so much here. And I just think like Stephen was around at the same time Jesus was you know, he was probably, he probably met him. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> hopefully he got to meet him. It's yeah. funny, like I read this, and I feel like I'm friends with Stephen and I'm like, oh, I hope oh, he yeah. got to meet Jesus. Like that'd be so Well, cool. he definitely did.
0: <laughs> um, But- At least later.
1: Yes. But I think of like the familiarity he would have had with Jesus, even if he had never met him, he was one of his contemporaries. Right. And in so- In all
0: likelihood, he would have seen him teach. He yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: And so to, in his dying moment, gaze into heaven and see him um it's a it's a reunification with a friend I know like Jesus came to him as a friend in that moment you know what I mean like I see that and I just see like this familial love and yeah. like a comfort like he's dying <laughs> he's being
0: stoned right. and well and this is just such a beautiful reflection of Jesus's own death and sacrifice like there's so much here like just you know not to over like parallel (laughs) yeah or to over like to too much conjecture or whatever here but like thinking of what the look would have been like between Mm -hmm. Stephen and Jesus like the the love and the understanding and the sadness and fullness of joy and all of it like well, and it's amplified because um Stephen's the first martyr. Yeah. He's the first
1: one to die for Christ's sake. Right. And so I think like the sweet how sweet is our God that he met Stephen in that moment mm-hmm. with the comfort and with the understanding, like you're saying, of what Jesus just went through. Mm-hmm. And um and to provide a gaze into heaven. Like that's yeah our Lord is near, you know, and he um he wants to provide comfort to the brokenhearted. Stephen was brokenhearted in this moment. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's dying. Well, a horrible, horrible way to die. Too. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. horrible, slower than you want to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all these Not things. little
0: pebbles, no. giant rocks and yes. pieces of fallen brick. And yeah, I mean anything, awful.
1: Yeah. Um I read I was reading a commentary on this which I'll link in the description. And this is what this commentary part is referring to is, um, that part of scripture where it was talking about the men covering their ears mm. and yelling. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
0: Like so childlike. That struck crazy.
1: me so hard when I was reading this yeah. passage. La, 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 la. Literally like, you know, he's, he's gazing into heaven, seeing the Lord full of the spirit, And he's trying to point it out to them. Look, I see heaven opening. I see Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And they say, literally, I don't care and cover their ears and they don't want to hear. And so that's what this commentary is referring to. And it says, these were distinguished older men behaving this way. The reaction of the Sanhedrin seems extreme. But it's typical of those who reject God and are lost in spiritual insanity. Yeah, They wailed in agony and covered their ears at the revelation of God, which they regarded as blasphemy. It is a dangerous thing to be religious apart from a real relationship with Jesus Christ, which is what we've been talking about this whole time. Um, but then this commentary references John 16 verses 2 through 3. And it says, they will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the father or me. Yeah. This is exactly what happened to From the mouth of Jesus. Yeah. He's driven from the synagogue and stoned and these people think they're offering a service to God. Oh, well, he was blaspheming Moses. What even does that mean? Like, <laughs> are we being for real right now? Yeah. And, um, but they think they're offering a service to God. Right. Here's a blasphemer. Here's somebody, you know, speaking in heresy. Right. And, um, but they do this because they don't know the father. They don't know Jesus. Right. Um.
0: Again, they're unyielded to the Holy Spirit. Well, and the, like, extreme emphasis here of, like, Stephen is someone who is full of and carrying with him and, like, saturated in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever been around someone mm-hmm. like that or, um, you know, been in a situation where that's, like, really present and whatever. But, like, I, I don't know, at least for me, like, there's been times where it's like I can... Like you, you feel it like yeah. your spirit recognizes the spirit in this person. Yeah. Um, I mean, better to say like the Holy Spirit in you recognizes, yeah. you know, and there's this like this love and this intimacy and this like just recognition of the goodness of God and all of that. And yeah. to think that for the unrepentant, for the, um, the blind, for yeah. the, you know, like he said, spiritually insane, right? Yeah. The confusion of all of that, right? To for the spirit of darkness and the spirit Mm -hmm. of sin and all of that, like to be so angry when in the presence of righteousness and in the presence of the Holy Spirit, like we as believers can say like, that is such a good thing. Like the Holy Spirit in someone and all over someone being like permeating out of their pores, Mm -hmm. right? Like that kind of level of, you know, blessing, right? For that to be something that can be seen so completely opposite (laughs) by those who are blind spiritually like it's just astonishing and it's it's not new and it's not something to be surprised by when it happens in the world today and you know I've heard lots of stories from people of like where there's people maybe in their workplace or um whatever, who it's like, they just have a problem with me. (laughs) It's like, sometimes it might just be literally (laughs) the spirit in them and the spirit in you. And Mm. to be reminded of like Stephen's faithfulness and his love and his willingness to tell the truth to these people, right? Like one of the people watching this is Saul, Mm -hmm. Paul. Yeah. They're laying their coats at his feet. He's there. He's watching. Right. And I mean, he was blind and did a lot of awful things in this time. Um, but who knows, like these, these things and these faithfulnesses and watching these things happen, like, um, might've all just been seeds planted for then the Lord to meet with Saul on that, um, on that faded road and like bring him to understanding and to repentance. And it's just, you know, we're not the first ones to face opposition. Yeah. We will probably never, ever, ever face opposition like that. Anyone Mm. listening to this? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, but like from the mouth of Jesus expect to be encountered with resistance and opposition and people who seem to hate you for no reason. And it's not you like Mm -hmm. it's the father. It's it's Jesus. It's the spirit within you that points to the father. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, just so much to think about here.
1: So much. And I think to Paul, like being there, (laughs) there's so much there because he's the perfect example of empty religion
0: Yeah. Truly blind. Truly. Yeah. Yes. Empty religion, fully void of the Holy Spirit. Killing Christians. Yeah. Killing
1: Christians because, because of religion, he did not have a relationship with God. He had religion. And just like this commentary is saying, it's a dangerous thing to be religious apart from a real relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. because that's this is where that puts you (laughs) and maybe you're not standing there witnessing a stoning right
0: but but you can be so blind and have such a lack of understanding yes you know to an equal measure like in Mm -hmm. a different in a different way right well and I think that this is maybe a good
1: spot for us to lend some practical application from the story like this is something that we can so easily fall into is following just religious practice or, you know, having a checklist faith, which I feel like we talk about often, being very like works-based or keeping this set of commandments or whatever that we neglect the Holy Spirit uh, that the Lord has given us for us to walk in communion with Him. And when we do that, we lend ourselves to situations like this. And even on the smallest scale, where
0: we are... Well, maybe of just even missing yeah, what God is saying or what he's doing. Well, like we were talking yeah. about
1: earlier, when we we miss the fulfillment of our own like prayers and we um, neglect people in our lives who are there to bring encouragement and joy and we say, oh, I don't want to, you know, th- because I follow this set of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we are so rigid in our religion that we neglect our faith in the Lord and the leading of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, We miss things like this and so I think that maybe if you're listening and you feel like maybe you're you're a little void of the spirit right now the Lord wants to rectify that in you mm-hmm. that is something you can uh, begin to cultivate in yourself and you do that you read the Bible, You pray, you ask the Lord, Lord, give me your spirit. Mm -hmm. I want to walk in your Holy Spirit. And you think the Lord's not going to answer that prayer? That's his desire. Yeah. And so I would just encourage you, if you're feeling like burnt out in faith and like you are doing all of the right things and, but you feel like a lack of relationship with the Lord, that's what this could be. You know what I mean? Like this, it's the religion void of the Holy Spirit. Just to jump back into his story really fast and kind of drive home a point I've been talking about this whole time. But this was never about Stephen. This was lie versus truth, good versus evil. They couldn't stand to even hear the truth, so they plugged their ears and stone him. He was the very first to die for the faith. And this only sets a precedent for martyrs to come, furthering the point that persecution is not personal. It's just spiritual business. Yeah. Stephen dies while crying out to the Lord on the crowd's behalf. It's just. <laughs> I, I felt almost like a little bit cold typing it out. Like it's just spiritual business, but it is. Yeah. It. This is what the enemy does. This is the plans of the enemy versus the plans of the Lord, and we see it right here. Um, it's not personal. It's just business yeah. (laughs) and uh, that doesn't make it any less devastating when things happen or hurtful, but it, it should give us some solace um, that it's not about us. It's about the spiritual realm. And
0: um, so, yeah, (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening to the story (laughs) of Stephen. It's it's... a real upper. (laughs) Uh, No, it's, it's, It's such a good one. And it's weirdly just so encouraging to to see that this is truly what it is to be filled with the Spirit. This is truly what it is to—this is the kind of faith that only the Spirit can produce, right? This isn't something you conjure up. This isn't something that you go searching for. This isn't any of those things. This is just intimacy with the Lord. Um, the spirit filling our lives and working through us in our lives, and we're not going to get stoned, right? Like yeah. most of us here are listening to this, you're probably not going to get stoned. Yeah. Um. But, and we're not like out looking for opposition. Yeah. But there's a battle bigger than us happening constantly, and o- opposition finds you, right? Well, and it's it's a matter of kingdoms mm-hmm. in collision with one another, and that's what Jesus' whole message was about. Was I have come to bring the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom yeah. of darkness will not prevail but it's going to fight back. It's mm. going to, you know, gnash its teeth and all that stuff. But what victory, like yeah. even in persecution, even in martyrdom, even in all these things, there's just, there's so many great books and histories of martyrs and people who've yeah. died or suffered for the faith, right? And even in that, the Lord is faithful to meet with them, to be kind to them, yeah. to to just be be true to his word. So yeah. with that, we will say talk to you guys next time mm-hmm. we are available to you as always we are available to you on instagram at mm-hmm. the katies podcast uh we have some beautiful new pictures that miss <laughs> katie j has been posting from our friend breezy yes. so talented um we're just we're loving having some new content to be able to share with you yes and uh you can also reach out to us anytime at the katies podcast at gmail.com we would love to chat with you we would love to encourage you hear how you're doing um or direct you to resources if you need them. So Mm -hmm. we are your friends, the Katie's, and we will talk to you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.